0: Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Tuesday, March 27th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. Hope you're having a happy week. It's uh, we're like, what, 40% of the way through when uh, the workday ends today, so you're making progress and good things are happening at work, I hope, and even better things are happening not at work, so good things are happening everywhere. It's just a good week. It's a good day. That's the way I look at it. If you don't like it, every day you can chase a, the channel. Every
1: day is a good day. Every day is a good day if you choose to look at it as every day is a good day. It is. It
0: really is. I mean, you it's You
1: know, Tony like, Robbins says, any day you wake up above ground, yes, it's a good day. That's exactly...
0: That's the kind of thing... I mean, Joel says the same thing. I woke up today. This is a good day. <laughs> And it's true. It's absolutely true. So celebrate life. That's the thing. That's what I keep trying to remind myself every day. And I get an instant reminder every time I start the show. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I get to do a show again. This is great.
1: (laughs) Cool. And today you get to do three shows.
0: That's right. Yeah. We have the Tuesday night uh, podcast with Tom Wells where uh, we encourage people even more than normal to make calls into the show. I mean, everybody's welcome to call in. On any of the shows, uh, you can just use the Zoom platform. Uh, all the instructions are right on the homepage at loatoday.net or right below the player. Um, but generally, we, do, we set up the Tuesday night show for people who, you know, just can't make the call during the day. And that's understandable. But we, we, have, we have busy lives, we have things that are going on. So that's why we created Tuesday Night. And we're going to be continuing the conversation that uh, Tom and I started Monday morning um, about the. Well, the, the, the topic as he framed it was, it is not the subconscious mind, which was an interesting topic title, I thought. Um, and his point was that we can be blaming what goes on in our subconscious minds all we want to and say, well, that's really why I, you know, I'm stuck on this or I'm X on that or whatever. But it doesn't move us forward. So stop saying that it's the subconscious mind and start saying, you know what, it's my responsibility to get myself into a better place.
1: Because mm-hmm. And he's probably already talked about this, or you will, but just my one little um, comment about that is if you have something going on in your life that is active, it's not subconscious. It true. may be outside of your awareness, but it is a conscious thought because only conscious thoughts, conscious vibrations can activate the law of attraction.
0: Yes, that's right. That's true. And and I mean, it may have originated from something subconscious, but while it's conscious, that means we've got control over it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the good news. So yeah, anyway. it's
1: going to be a fun, fun show.
0: Yeah, oh, it's going to be good, I think. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get calls or not. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But uh, either way, it's going to be a good show. I know that for sure. Um, now, we're continuing on the Law of Attraction, the Basics of the Teachings of Abraham. and Oh, I guess I should start off by saying huh. How's it going with you? How are you doing? Anything uh, fun or exciting happening? Well, any updates?
1: I, I thought even when there's not a big eventful day, it's still worth mentioning that. Okay. So that people don't go, well, what's going on? So with Project X and with Project B, which stands for body, um, I would say, honestly, since yesterday, I haven't had any specific new guidance or input. Um, but what excites me about no, no, nothing really to report on Project X is that I've had no uncomfortable feelings. So, you know how, like over the weekend, I was feeling discomfort, it was feeling awkward because it was so unfamiliar to me. Um, I haven't had that at all. So, I'm kind of making an assumption that I'm feeling more comfortable in the unknowingness and it's not feeling so awkward or, uh, you know, anxiety ridden. Um, Because I feel just fine. It's like I have more of a sense of peacefulness about Project X. Like, I know it's happening. I know it's happening. There's no doubt in my mind. I know it's happening. So I guess the fact that there's more peace actually is an update. So I'm glad I mentioned it because I hadn't thought about that until just now.
0: This is actually a new take on an old cliche. No news is good news. (laughs) Isn't it?
1: Yes. And I'm thinking, I started out with no news, but as I talked, I went, well, actually, there is a little bit of news, because feeling peaceful is different than feeling awkward. This is true. You know? And I'm I'm liking where I'm at today. It feels really nice. It feels comfortable. And so to have something that was unfamiliar and so uncomfortable come to a place of it's feeling comfortable, that is a really positive shift. So there you go. That is an update. It's solid. That's good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, actually, uh, I do have something good going on in my life. Uh, You actually helped me turn around a little bit before the show because I was feeling a little bit down about the fact that I hadn't had any time to work on the book today. I really wanted to to try to knock that thing out today. and I just couldn't do it. But the good news of what I had to do instead was I was doing payroll and uh, paying bills and so forth for the gardening business because the gardening business is now up and running. And it's one of the earliest times we've got it going. So this is actually very, very good news. In fact, uh, it's part and parcel with a little bit of weather uh, influencing that I did last week. Because if if I hadn't influenced it to get the snow out of the forecast, we wouldn't be starting work now. So that's actually very good news.
1: Nice. Well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we got people on the field. That,
1: to me, is not a really nice win.
0: It is. got people on the field. We have our new sales rep uh, who's closing deals already. She's doing very well. Um, Louise is working with her, helping her get up to speed. And, you know, to take your phrase, it's all good. It really is all good. It's It's moving nicely.
1: Well, isn't it kind of interesting because you didn't think you had a specific win that you had to share today. Right. And I only wanted to share no news. And yet we both ended up, as we started to talk, things started to bubble up for us. And really there is stuff there. And, you know, I think that's pretty natural. um, Unless you have some big, huge thing that's significant. Oftentimes we don't pay enough attention to what's going on to even be aware that we are, in my case, I was making progress and I hadn't even been aware of it because I hadn't tuned in. And you hadn't acknowledged, you know, that your garden business is open and things are going well.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and often that's the kind of thing you have to get to using law of attraction deliberately as a creator because of the 17 second rule right you 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 focus on a thought for 17 seconds and it leads to another thought that says just as good or a better feeling and you keep working that way you can actually work your way up the scale well that's what we did we did that live here on the show not intentionally but that's what we did
1: and you know overall i have to say that as much as i'm very aware that when you invited me to be a part of this show with you Um, It was to talk about things that could be entertaining, enlightening, inspiring, encouraging. So, you know, our listeners can really take law of attraction and use it in a really solid, deliberate way. Right. But what I've recognized for myself personally is so much of the time when I'm sharing thoughts, whether it's in response to just the conversation or the topic or the book we're reading, or it has something to do with, you know, uh, my projects that I'm deliberately creating, it, it becomes very cathartic for me. And I get incredible awarenesses while I'm talking during our showtime, hmm. And I do my best to like acknowledge that so that listeners can have a, um, something to mark, Oh, Wendy just got that spark of infor- information or inspiration right now in the moment. Mm. It's not like something she knew already, because I really want listeners to recognize and be aware of how easy it can be to receive guidance and insight when you know what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, etc. because we all receive on diff- with different modalities. Um, but I, I look forward to our shows because what I was saying to myself today, probably five minutes before I dialed in was, oh, my gosh, I wonder what wonderful things I'm going to spin today.
2: <laughs>
1: there's there's always something. There's always something. And I cannot more highly recommend if you don't currently have a friend or friends to discuss law of attraction with that will absolutely support your ideas and that you can bounce things around. Oh, my goodness. If you don't even know how to find them, that's something you just kind of throw out a question to the universe, which is, Hey universe, I really would love some law of attraction friends to talk about things because I promise you, when you are discussing the stuff that you want to create in your life with somebody who's on the same page, you spin energy. You, like Walt had just talked about, you know, 17 seconds talking about one topic is enough of a broadcast for law of attraction to actually bring you another thought like what you were just discussing. And if you keep going, you know, like let's say you're having a conversation with a friend and you're talking about something for 10 or 15 minutes. Now, granted, if you're talking about what doesn't work for you, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you're talking about the possibilities and the excitement and things you're desiring to create, law of attraction is on your back in a good way. It's like the wind beneath your wings. Law of attraction is bringing you more and more ideas to talk about and more ways to think about it. And so, like I said, if you don't currently have a law of attraction friend to be discussing your stuff with, just put it out there and say, gosh, I really want that. And just focus on it for a minimum of a minute or so. Even if you say over and over, I really want a law of attraction friend. I really want a law of attraction friend. I really want a law of attraction friend, somebody to discuss my ideas with. Even for just a minute and just let it go and move on with your day. I promise you. Within no time at all, somebody will match that call, and you'll you'll have the friend to kind of spin your ideas with, and it will propel your life in a really positive way.
0: Oh, no doubt about that. And, in fact, uh, it, it will help you attract friends. I mean – it it's not like you only have to put that out there you can also take inspired action when you get the inspiration after putting it out there and you probably should if you get the inspiration as we'll talk about in a minute but uh the the point is when you when you attract that friend and and they actually show up into your life and 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 it's not just one friend sometimes it's more than one friend let me tell you even if you're not talking LOA all the time just because you're like-minded conversations become really fun they become mm-hmm. much more fun than any other kind of friendship I've ever had, in my opinion anyway, because um, they're mean, all when positive. I, I
1: had no law of attraction friends for a long time, and I realized how really bad I wanted that. Mm, yeah. And so I just kept focusing on it. Um, and then for me, I because I was already connected to Meetup, um, I got an email that told me about some new Meetup, and the The title, which is kinda bizarre, it was like the Wonder Tribe of North Texas. (laughs) You kinda have no idea what that is. And I gotta tell you, most of the time I just hit delete, delete, delete when I saw these invites. But that intrigued me. It and it's not that it intrigued me. I believe my inner being got my attention to look at it. And then when I looked at it I felt intrigued. And then I felt led to look at it deeper. And I went, I don't really know what this is but I think these could be my kind of people. And so I went to the first meeting and that was the beginning of meeting my friend, Keisha
2: uh-huh. uh,
1: Rhonda, who's the gal who she had initiated the group. Uh-huh. And then eventually on down the road, we brought in another gal named Clarissa, but I, I have now like three mega law of attraction friends. When the four of us are together, we call ourselves the fab four. And we spin things all the time. <laughs> and every time we're together, it is the best spent time. But I shared that from a, I didn't have an inspired action for a long time. And the closest thing that came to an inspired action was this email looked exciting to me. But then I did take the action to go to the meetup. And then it was just kind of a natural unfolding of meeting people and going, hey, let's carpool to the next one. And, you know, and on and on and on. So
0: Yeah, it's a great point, too. People forget that meetup.com even exists, but it is a great source for finding like-minded people who are actively having meetings for the purpose of meeting other people and doing things.
1: Almost every major city has one or two or more law of attraction meetups. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The larger cities have many of them, actually.
1: Yeah. I know of at least three in the Dallas area. Mm -hmm. And for a while, Mm -hmm. I was one of them, which I made number
0: four. (laughs) (laughs) You actually had one going. You sponsored one, huh? Very mm-hmm. good. Good for you. Yeah, we, we actually try to do one here, too. We, we're not in a major city. We're in a small town. The closest large city we have is Hartford, and it's only like 120,000 or something like that, so it's not a really big city. But we still managed to get some people to come to it. So if we can do it, heck, you can do it if you're in a big city. I guarantee that.
1: <laughs> but now, while you have a different story about how you started to connect with Law of Attraction friends.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of took it to the next level because the meetup groups. We're good, but I just we, we weren't finding the, the people we really wanted to befriend. So I just took the bull by the horn. I got I got the gumption. I mean, Louise put the idea in my in my ear. She said, you know, I we we really need to get some LOA friends if we're going to really be studying this stuff. And when she said that, like within seconds, I was at my computer. And my first instinct, anytime I'm trying to find something, is to go to Google. In part because I'm good at searching but in part because it's like a wealth of information. So I just started doing searches, and and they weren't complex searches. They were really simple ones. I do plenty of complex searching, but not this. This is like, I live in Connecticut, right? So Connecticut Law of Attraction, that's a really tough one, or Connecticut Law of Attraction Coaches, or or Connecticut Law of Attraction Friends. It was just really basic uh, searches like that. And we ended up finding about a half dozen people within a very, very short period of time. So... You know, even Google's going to be something that's a good resource for finding friends. It's it's not like you have to just wait for the universe to deliver something. You just take right. the you, you, you take. But the I like how answer. you
1: said Louise put the idea in your head. She did, yeah. And as soon as she mentioned it, you looked at your computer, and that kind of sparked you oh, to the idea right. of let's go Instantly. Google search and see what's out there. Yeah. So you were getting some guidance, even if you didn't call it that at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the guidance was inspired by what Louise said, so, you know, Plus, if my oh. wife asks me for something, I always try to find a way to, you know, give it to her if I can, if there's, if there's any way to do it. So that that just kind of adds to the motivation. <laughs> Good,
1: husband. Good yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, you, but talking about the inner guidance, that's, that's where we're at in the book. I mean, two shows oh, ago, cool. d- oh, we talked about um, my, the, the subsection, my inner being is communicating with me and, and kind of touched on mm-hmm. it. And then yesterday we started the subsection entitled "I Can Trust My Guidance from Within," and we got about three paragraphs in. That's about all we did. <laughs> Something no, like that. So I think we
1: did one. one I, I made a note. We did one paragraph. I is think we're at paragraph? the top of page eighty. Oh, okay. Well, then starting... it was even
0: less than I thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where I put my bookmarker. But it's so – you want to read? Yeah, sure.
0: I'll, I'll be glad to start reading. But I just want to comment. This is this is important, and it's important to me in particular because I have had my own challenges that we say with trying to trust the fact that I even get messages from an inner being. And then once I began to realize, yes, they are there then it's a question of trusting them. But I have learned I can trust them. It's not like I ever mislead myself, so to speak that that doesn't happen. The only time I ever get misled is if I'm listening to a message that didn't come from my inner being, like, you know, something that I invented consciously or something like that. But, um, I'm getting to trust it. So anyway, let's see what uh, Abraham has to say. Um, okay. The first paragraph uh, just basically talks about how uh, we have uh, guidance from a lot of different sources. And then the second paragraph begins, But we want to help you remember the worthy, powerful being that you are and your reason for coming into this time-space reality. We want you to remember your intent to explore the contrast of this wonderful environment knowing that it would give birth to a continual stream of new intentions. And we want you to remember that who you really are, your inner being or total you or source, is joyous in the expansion that you are about. We want you to remember that you can feel by the power of your emotions in every moment, Whether you are seeing your current situation through the eyes of that broader perspective or whether you are cutting yourself off from that source by choosing thoughts that are of a different nature. In other words, when you feel love, that means that the way you are seeing the object of your attention matches the way the inner you sees it. And when you feel hate, you are seeing it without the inner connection. And that is the first concept that I learned that really started to make sense for me that I could understand messages from my inner being because the idea that if I was feeling a, 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 a an emotion that I prefer, uh, Cindy and I decided today we're not going to call them positive and negative emotions. We're going to call them emotions that we prefer and emotions that we don't prefer. So Sorry. when I have a, a an emotion that I prefer, I'm getting that in in good contact, so to speak, with my inner being. And when I have an emotion that I don't prefer, I'm not indirect contact with my inner being for that moment and that helped me a lot to understand how this whole thing works now did that enable me to immediately start saying okay got the messages coming in we got a great conversation going no i can't promise that <laughs> but it did help me to kind of like break the ice so to speak and and that's been helpful i mean you're much better at it than i am you've been doing this a lot longer but where did you start did you start with a concept like that or did you just find it intuitively or how did you get there
1: I have no idea. Well, I mean, I told you on a couple of shows ago, I kind of started this years ago through my Christian teachings. Oh,
0: right, right. When
1: people in the church were being prophetic and I wanted to do it too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: I've just kind of been playing with it for a long time. But, you know, something I want to point out, I really like this sentence. It says whether you are seeing your current situation through the eyes of that broader perspective or whether you are cutting yourself off from that. From that source by choosing thoughts that are of a different nature and the part I wanted what really sticks out to me is looking through the eyes of your broader perspective Mm. now I've heard Abraham talk about this before but I kind of get the impression that when you're feeling really great when you when you're in a state of alignment when you're in that receptivity mode of everything that your inner being has to offer part of why that feels so good is because you're seeing the world through the eyes or the filter of your inner being. You see it the way your inner being sees it. And when you're seeing the world the way your inner being sees it, how can it look anything less than stellar? Because our inner being doesn't ever focus on anything of a negative nature. It only focuses on things that are of a positive nature things that are, are your preferences. So if there's something in your world you do not prefer, your inner being is not focused on it. And so you might be stuck in miserable, horrible traffic. And in that moment, you could be feeling fabulous. You could be dancing in your head. You could be singing you know, to the radio and having a great time. And when you're feeling really good, this sense of well-being, it's because you are so linked up and in sync with how your inner being is viewing the world, the traffic just doesn't even affect you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But if on the other hand, you look at the traffic and you're looking at your watch, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late for work. And this really ticks me off. And you know what the heck is up ahead that we're sitting here in gridlock and nothing is moving? Well, in that moment, your inner being is not looking at that. Your inner being is having a joyous time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your inner being is feeling great, yep. in a state of well-being, and you're missing out on the good stuff yep. because you're focused on what is. Right. Well, there,
0: there's, you know, a, so, there's a there's a Far Side cartoon that always comes to my mind whenever I think about this exact concept that we're talking about. The concept of of deciding how we're going to look at any given situation, and no matter how bad it may seem, we don't have to look at it that way. And the cartoon. Is a single-frame cartoon. It's a Gary Larson, so you know it, it's your typical Far Side cartoon, and it's a single frame showing a scene from Hell. And there's this guy who's sweeping the floor in Hell. There's fires all over the place. Um, there are devils in the background who are acting like supervisors, and they're they're kind of uh, kibitzing about this guy. And the guy who's sweeping is whistling as he's sweeping, and he's got this big smile on his face. And he's just sweeping away in Hell. And the, the, the two uh, devils who are, are chit-chatting about it saying, you know, one of them turns to the other and says, I, I don't think we're getting through to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point. Gonna... When, you, when you're when yeah. you focusing on, on what you see as the good side, the, the bad stuff can't get through. It just can't.
1: <laughs> so here he is sweeping up the soot and the ashes from the coals of, of the fires of hell, but it, it's a, as though he doesn't even realize he's in the fire. because right. he's whistling while he works.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: I like that. I like that a lot.
0: I, I particularly like frustrating devils. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> so, anyway, if we continue, it says you, intu- you intuitively knew all of this, especially when you were younger. But gradually, most of you were worn down by the insistence of those older and self-described wiser others who surrounded you, as they worked hard to convince you that you could not trust your own impulses. And so most of you physical beings do not trust yourselves, which is amazing to us, for that which comes forth from within you is all that you may trust. But instead, you are spending most of your physical lifetimes seeking a set of rules or a group of people, like a religious or political group, if you will, who will tell you what is right and what is wrong. And then you spend the rest of your physical experience trying to hammer your square peg into someone else's round hole, trying to make those old rules, usually those that were written thousands of years before your time, fit into this new life experience. And as a result, what we see for the most part is your frustration and at best your confusion. And we also have noticed that every year there are many of you who are dying as you are arguing about whose set of rules is most appropriate. We say to you that overall, all inclusive, never changing set of rules does not exist, for you are ever changing, growth seeking beings. That's a that that's a, a one thought.
1: That is a mouthful because we are continually changing.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's why, you know, I've joked about this before with with friends that I really wish that like our legal system, um, our lawmakers would put 10-year expirations on every single law.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. The
1: (laughs) law automatically expires after 10 years unless somebody brings it up and says, let's reenact this. Right. And the reason for my thinking this way. And of course, I'm not married to the idea of 10 years. I'm just throwing that out as a concept. But I, I believe that there's a lot of validity behind something like that, because we as a society change, we as individuals change, we as people within a region change. You know, I'm different today than I was yesterday. And I'm certainly a lot different than I was a year ago, or 10 years ago, you know, or, The more further back I go, the more I'm not the same. Now, sometimes we think we're the same. But when you really stop to look at all the details, we're really not the same. Mm. You know, and like lots of times I enjoy watching certain kinds of programs um, and going back to reruns because it reminds me of how much we've changed as a society. I mean, when you watch something like um, the Andy Griffith Show, that was at the end of the 50s, early 60s. That was a kinder, gentler time. These are my judgments. But it was a time where, first of all, we didn't even have asphalt roads. Okay, so from a technological perspective, we hadn't even gotten that advanced. We had cars, but they were still picking up the telephone with the thing you put up to your ear, you know, that looks like a megaphone. <laughs> you know there wasn't even a dial pad on the telephone you had to go through a switchboard operator um but people like and I say this for, because I was talking about laws you know Andy was the sheriff that didn't think about doing law in a hard fast way he looked at people as people That's true And yeah. because of who he was and because of where a society was at the time he could he did have to follow the law but at the same time There were plenty of times he just made his own personal judgments, Like, you know what? We're not going to be hard-nosed about this. You know, we know this person's going through a hard time. And let's just talk to them. And and if they seem that they're repentant and they're willing to make some changes, you know, we're not going to throw them in jail.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know, certainly that is not something that happens today.
2: Not very often. Today
1: it's kind of like you can't talk yourself out of getting thrown in jail today. You know, because that police officer would lose their their license, you know. But then if you scroll forward into shows that were done in like the 60s and the 70s, you can see a lot of disrest or just dis, just a lot of desire for things to change. Like I think of the show Good Times.
2: Mm. you
1: know, it was this poor family. However, they were trying to figure out a way to to move it on up, just like mm-hmm. the Jefferson. Right. You know, that was moving on up. Um, And then if you move on to shows of the 80s and the 90s, it's like you see a progression. And when you start to really pay attention, you go, wow, we have changed a lot. As a matter of fact, what stands out to me today, I was watching, this was interesting, I was watching a new show called Instinct, and it aired two weeks ago. But it was on Sunday, and apparently there was some kind of sporting event that caused all the programming to get bumped because the, the uh, sporting event went longer. So I ended up watching the first 30 minutes or the first 30 minutes of what had been recorded was the tail end of 60 minutes. Hmm. And I wish I could remember the country that this guy was from, but it was someone from the middle East. It could be Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. I don't know One, of, one of those are a different one. But, you know, he had the Asian, you know, um, like towel wrapped around his head and the rope around it. And he was speaking in his native language and there was an English interpreter. And here he was saying things like, well, you know, now that I'm the ruler, I'm doing things differently. And for the very first time ever, women in that country are now able to, like, go to driver's ed. They're going to be able to drive cars. They no longer have to wear the covering on their faces. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And he <laughs> went on for 30 minutes talking about all these changes that he was making. And it made it look so fabulous. And this had been a country where they were just laden in so rules that, were, that you and I would probably call unkind. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, now I saw this on 60 Minutes. How come this is not all over Facebook? How come <laughs> this is not like the giant headlines in every news feed? Because this is the change I think so many people have been looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was watching a program, um, the, the like selling big mansions kinds of things. And I was watching this thing on Dubai. I was sharing this yesterday. And the ruler of Dubai Said, you know what? We wanted to look at plan B because what if at some point, even though oil was our major export, that we may run out of oil. We need something else. He literally, I mean, Dubai was like a little teeny piece of land. And I don't remember if he shipped in dirt or pulled up sand in the ocean, but he like created a bunch of peninsulas that are in the shape of palm fronds. It looks like a palm tree when you look at it from an aerial view. And Dubai is one of the wealthiest, richest, con- richest countries in the world. And its main thing is tourism. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. almost every dwelling there is a palace. And he created that out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, a princess from Dubai was being interviewed by Oprah. And she talked about how it's the most exquisite place in the world. And i got to tell you, by comparison, she made the United States look like a ghetto. (laughs) How she talked about it. And I'm thinking, why are these not the things that we're talking about? Because this is, oh, here's another thing in Dubai. You don't even have to lock your doors. There's zero crime. Zero crime. Can you Hmm. imagine a, a place, a country that has zero crime? Pretty wild. What must they be vibrating to? What are oh, the yeah. thoughts that the people who live in Dubai, what, the, what must they be thinking? I, gu- I guarantee you they're helping to increase um, uh, the, the positive stuff that's going on in our, in our global consciousness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, to me, this this is part of what peacefulness is in this world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, mm-hmm. the... the, the pageant things, you know, There, there's kind of the stereotype that, you know, well, what, what, what do you stand for? Oh, I want to see peace in the world. Guess what? We're seeing some peace in the world.
2: Yeah, there it but, is. But, you know, if you
1: don't know what to look for, sometimes you don't even recognize it's happening. Or in this case, I'm noticing it. And then I'm noticing that it's not more widely being talked about, yeah. which is kind of yeah. to my surprise. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, people, this is what we've been looking for.
0: <laughs> By so, the way, the, thought- uh, the, the, the gentleman from Saudi Arabia who you were talking about is, I believe, the crown prince. His father is still the king, but his father is basically retired from public life, and his son is now taking over. Um, so this is him beginning to assert his authority and so forth. And He's also done some crackdowns. He, he's not a totally wonderful guy, but he's done some good stuff, too. Um, one of the key points to understand about the, the women driving thing, this has gotten zero attention. Women actually used to be able to drive in the early 1970s. It was the Iranian Revolution that led to the banning of women from driving. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's very, very few people in the West understand that that was the case. It, but it, But mm. that was actually the case. And...
1: Well, I'm glad that you have the supporting documentation to go with my story, because yeah. you know the better details. I just knew the big picture. <laughs> but you're right. This is
0: the good news that's going on. And and I can't say everything that's happening there is wonderful. It's not. There are a number of things. He's done some crackdowns that are a little bit bloody, to say the least, and, and I would say violate civil liberties of people and so forth. But I also understand why he was doing them. And I can kind of sort of somewhat in a little bit of a way understand his viewpoint in doing it. But my point is, he's not all sugar and honey. There is a a darker side to his rule. But But nevertheless, nevertheless, there's still the good things going on. The good things are happening anyway. And that's really what the most important part is.
1: All the negative things you just said is not what I want to focus on. I purposely wanted to focus on... The things that we've been asking for are being displayed in different right. pockets of the world.
0: That's right. The only reason I mention the negatives is that very often people come from the negative place. So I want to reach out to them and help pull them in instead of you know jerking them over to it because otherwise they may not even pay attention to it. <laughs> but I agree with you. We want to be focusing on the positives. And the positives are very positive. There's a lot of good things going on.
1: And I don't want to focus on the positive just for the sake of focusing on the positive. I bring it up because there are things that are happening in our world we've actually been a part of asking for,
0: yes. but we
1: probably don't even realize that what we've been asking for is starting to occur.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's starting to occur, just like um, and it has you been know, occurring. By follow, the way. well, you know I don't follow politics in the United States. Right. Um, of course, I do know that President Trump is the president of the United States. But of all the many things that people have to say about him, if somebody has a negative slant towards him, then when he, when he does something that actually is a, a result of the things that you've been asking for and desiring, you won't see it. True. If you stay focused on only what is negative and if you continue to judge the heck out of him, then when he does things that are actually what you desire, you won't see it because you're so vibrating to, um, an energy that it would block you from seeing anything that you desire actually showing up.
0: By the way, I have a trivia question for you. Yeah. You you, you talked about Andy Griffith and how Mm -hmm. that was back in a day where you you not only, not only made your own phone calls, you had an operator doing it, but Mm -hmm. everybody knew who the operator was and the operator knew everybody else's business. She was actually the the center (laughs) of all the town gossip. So here's my trivia yeah. question. Do you know what the name of the operator was in the Andy Griffiths Sarah? show? Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and you didn't think I'd know that, huh? <laughs> no, I thought you'd know it. Oh, but you said the, 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 you know, there was an operator. I'm like, well, of course, that's Sarah. I know all about her. But we, to my knowledge, we never saw Sarah in the show. We only knew about her as the operator.
0: Yeah, I can't ever recall her making a physical appearance. <laughs> In fact, usually she was a br- 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 at the other end of the phone. You never actually heard a voice.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the, you know, honestly, that's a show that I truly enjoy um, because it always makes me feel good when I watch it. There are episodes that you know, when Andy, um when, when his son Opie was really, really little, I can almost um, like tell you the whole script. <laughs> around certain things or like if I see the beginning of an episode I'm like oh this is the one where Opie does this cute thing or mm-hmm. like there's there just some really sweet tender moments and um you know like some of the news shows that I'm watching I love intrigue I love things that make me think but most of them really are around the topic of murder and crime
2: mm-hmm.
1: um or like if I watch any or doctor shows are about death and disease and things like that. And, you know, the thought was going off in my head the other day. I went, you know, I love intelligent programming, things that make me think. Surely there are topics or subjects that things could be surrounded by that could give us intelligent programming. Um, and then of course, immediately I have my own internal response on the occasions that that happens. I notice those shows don't last long. Um, and and I'm just making the assumption that, you know, shows don't last long if they don't get good ratings. And if you don't get good ratings, then people, you know, sponsors are not going to pay for them. Um And so sometimes intelligent programming, what I call intelligent programming, is not the most um well watched because a lot of people just want something lighthearted and silly or fascinating or, you know, and I get that. I'm always looking for really good, intelligent viewing.
0: <laughs> well, of course, yeah. I think most people are, and and the whole motivation of having positive shows that actually have an audience—that's one of our big motivations here with the podcast. I mean, that's I agree. that's that's yep. the goal, you know, to get this this great big following, a great big audience, so that we can have more of a positive impact on a broader range of society by bringing in positive entertainment. I, I think we can actually um, bring in a positive entertainment revolution. And I think there, I, I think there's plenty of room for it. it. I don't think it's going to take a lot to make it happen. The, the thing that always goes through my mind whenever I'm thinking about this exact topic of how do you reintroduce positive entertainment in a way that actually retains an audience, the same thought keeps going through my head over and over again. And that thought I, I associate most frequently and most readily with what they call reality TV. And the typical reality TV show, uh, particularly if it's one where there are a number of people who are involved uh, on some sort of a relationship basis, it's the Mm -hmm. same formula. And the formula goes like this. Person A and Person B are having some sort of a problem. And it's a really big problem that could lead to all these other things that are going to go wrong. So now we will interview Person A to find out what Person A's view is of that problem. And then next we'll talk to Person B you know, in a cameo to find out what person B's view of the problem is. Then we'll go to commercial and when we come back to commercial, we will review what person A said about the problem. And then we will review okay. what person B said about the problem. And then finally, somewhere in there, after a whole bunch of these things of focusing on the problem, we'll introduce the solution and we're done with the episode. And what I want to do is say, okay, let's follow the same progression. Let's just change the slant of it. Let's introduce the problem and then talk to person B and see how person B introduces a solution and person A also introduces a solution. And then they work together to create the solution. And then we go to break. And when we come back, we reiterate the solution that they came up with. And then we talk about how the solution produced these wonderful results. And then person A A in a cameo talks more about how the results were wonderful. And person B talks about how the results were wonderful. And then we end the episode. Now, wouldn't that be a different reality TV?
1: Well, so in summary, you're saying that what you generally find in reality TV is that continual reiteration of what's not working and what you would like to see is where it is working.
0: Starting from it didn't work, because conflict is how stories become interesting. But what TV focuses on, what most mass entertainment focuses on, is just keep grinding on that conflict. Just keep building that conflict and building and building and building and building because it gets so intense when we build it. Well, you don't need well, to keep here's doing some, that.: You already something quite
1: fun. I've thought about. I love reality TV. not every single show, but I love the concept of reality TV. And if anybody who's listening knows anything about or knows a producer or knows whatever that would like to do some kind of a law of attraction, reality TV, okay. I'm ready. Mm. I'm okay. serious. I am ready to be a part of something like that, to be a part of that kind of production, whether it's behind the scenes. Or walking around with the microphone pack, you know, connected to me and having someone follow me around. I'm ready to do that.
0: Wow. I'm cast! To,
1: I'm ready to do LOA Today on TV, whether it's cable, <laughs> whether it's on Amazon Prime, whether it's any of those. Anybody who knows how to put that kind of thing together, I'm ready to make that happen. I'm ready to be a part of it.
0: That would be fun, so, yeah. I have to admit. To, to, to do LOA Today on TV as a real TV show, that would be fun, I have to admit.
1: Yeah. And instead of having, quote, listeners, we would have specific people who they have real stuff going on in their life. And let's let's watch them in their life. Let's watch them, you know, as they converse with somebody. Let's listen in when they're having a business call and then get off and go, see, here was that conflict. Don't know what to do about it. And then we talk about how we can shift it from where it's uncomfortable to where we can get the vibration moving in a positive direction. Yeah, let's do that.
0: That would be fun.
1: Let's make that happen. So this is something I've been thinking about for a while, but since we're talking about it now, I'm like, hey, I have no compunction to to not just share my idea. Yeah, you why know? not? Because if anybody likes what I do, hey, I'm, I'd love to be a part of
0: this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how you do it, right? That's deliberate creation. You put the idea out mm-hmm. there. And you put it out in your most excited manner, like you just did. So Yeah,
1: so you know what, even if our listeners have do not have connections to people in TV or production or whatnot, but if you like the idea, spend a couple seconds or a minute just thinking about what that could be. And I guarantee you, we will spend the energy, and before you know it, my phone's going to ring. <laughs> and I'm going to get somebody to say, you know, Wendy, I don't, I've never met you, but I heard about you through somebody who listened to you and you want to do a reality show. Well, I'm a TV producer and I'm looking for a new platform and I'd love to do something that speaks a positive message. <laughs> I want to get that phone call. I want to get that phone I call. And it. I think that phone call is ready to be made.
0: Whoa. I'm getting a chill right now. That is so cool. <laughs> very very cool
1: when i came up with project x i said i want to start playing with deliberate creation not just taking the little stuff in my life and making it better i want to go out big because i had one of my dear friends named Rhonda. we were in a call one day she's one of my loa friends and i was talking about something that just didn't feel like it was moving the way i wanted it to and she said hey wendy i've got this question that just popped up for me to ask you i said okay what what is it and she goes are you playing too small? (laughs) And I got to tell you, I like burst into tears. Really? Yes. And I said, yes, I'm playing too small, Rhonda. That's why my life wasn't feeling satisfying and really juicy and good at that point. I'm playing too small. I want to play bigger. My life has been, has positioned me to play bigger. And I said, I don't know what that looks like, but yes, I am not willing to play small any more. So I know this radio podcast is about me playing bigger. This is a bigger arena. I'm talking to more people than just me and my cat. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we want to thank you, Cat, for being a listener.
1: <laughs> well, actually, my cat is now a non-physical, so I'm sure she listens all the time with ah, all I would be like Okay, friends. all right. Um, <laughs> but... I'm I'm ready to play bigger than even what I've done on the radio show. I wanna play bigger. Bigger, 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 bigger. I like bigger. So there you have it. Well so if I'm gonna call it I've thrown down the gauntlet or whatever we wanna call it. I have now declared it. So we could call this let's see, I've already done project B so I can't do project bigger. But um I don't know, I'll come up with it. But it's just it's part of my my own personal intention of playing much on a much bigger scale, much bigger, broader, because I'm ready. And you know what? For anybody who's listening, if you feel like your life has been too small and that's what's not working for you, because you know that within you, you have something bigger, either that you want to say or that you want to do or that you want to contribute or you want to experience, be willing to say, yes, I want to play bigger. And when you say that and you mean it, the universe goes okay. We can make that happen.
0: It's a good idea. I like that a lot. Just the idea of of deciding to live bigger, to enjoy bigger, to have bigger, to do bigger. That, that's. I mean, it could, that's mean a great concept. it could be
1: traveling more. It could mean deepening the love relationship you have. It could mean having children. It could mean you know going to the furthermost parts of the world and helping to create something to help people have great drinking water. I mean, it could be inventing something new. It could be starting a new company that makes a difference. I mean, there's so many possibilities. It could mean you're, you have this artist in you and you've never allowed yourself to paint. Go take a painting class, you know, or, or you've always wanted to like go on a, a 25K run well run around the block start somewhere
2: <laughs>
1: but play bigger be willing to be all that you came here to be
2: it's it's a fascinating thing who, who we
1: really are is big it is really big who we really are it, it is amazing and most of the time we're not tapped into the fullness of who we are we've sweet. only allowed ourselves to experience based on the rules that we live in or the relationships you know and and the people that say, no, you can't do that. You know what you can do? Truly, you can create and do whatever you want, but you've got to be willing to stay focused on it. It's you've a funny to thing. To
0: stay on it. It's a funny thing, too, because we actually have a whole bunch of stuff that we put into our vortexes over the years that we've forgotten is even mm-hmm. there. You know, so when you start thinking big like that and, and just literally abstractly big, not necessarily getting specific about it. What you're basically saying is, okay, universe, let's have a big delivery from all that stuff I've been accumulating in my vortex all these years.
1: Mm -hmm. And, And I'll say this, not at all to be negative, but to just to set expectations. If there's something that you have been desiring for a really long time, but you've never allowed yourself to go put a stake in the ground and go, yes, I'm going for this thing. Oftentimes I'll have clients and friends say to me, Okay, I made this big declaration and this then this cascade of crap showed up in my life. And I say, Here's my response, rejoice and get really excited and have a party. They're like, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> get excited because you put a stake in the ground with so much fervency, with so much intensity, and the universe is trying to bring it to you. And the things that in the past have stopped that from happening are showing up. And it's like these are the roadblocks that kept you from doing it. And it's time for you to look at the thing that's in the middle of the road, keeping you from going forward and go and look at it, talk to it, ask it questions until it no longer is blocking the road. Because when you find new perceptions and new ways to look at things that used to be a problem and you go, huh, that's not a problem after all. I thought it was, but it's not. I promise you, it moves off the road. It moves off the road. And so get excited if stuff starts popping up in your life that you think is geeky. Because that just means that you've put a big ask into the universe. And the universe is working to deliver it. And that thing just showed up to say, talk to me. Ask me questions. Find out why I'm alive. Find out why I don't want to be the roadblock anymore. And then the roadblocks move, and you go on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've talked about Project X and the roadblocks that have popped up in my world, things that I didn't have beliefs to support me, or I felt some fear, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But each time something popped up, I addressed it. I didn't bury it. I didn't deny it. I didn't shrink away from it. I didn't get afraid of it, even if it was fear. I wasn't afraid of the fear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. And I looked at it and I went, huh, well, that fear has been there for an awful long time, but it's based on things that are not even true, because I talk to this stuff. And when you talk to it long enough, you get a whole bunch of insight, and you go, huh, well, that's not even a real roadblock. Poof, <laughs> and you flick it off to the side.
0: Cindy and I were actually talking about a variation on this. We were talking in relationship to relationships, <laughs> to relationships. Uh, overstate a phrase, um, but specifically the idea that when we have people in our lives who we are having some sort of trouble with, or you know, we're we're not enjoying the relationship, we're not, you know, we're, maybe we're in fights, maybe we're you know in a constant struggle, a- anything that's got a non-preferential side to it, like that. The moment we start shifting our vibration by focusing on what we do want instead, a fascinating thing happens those people go away and we were talking about that. that that's a really weird thing but it's true it does happen very very consistently when there's somebody who's in a in what you would consider to be a negative space and something a, a space that is all stuff you prefer not to have and you focus instead on the stuff that you do prefer to have the person who's, who continues to focus on that non-preferential stuff stops being in your space and it happens yeah, in a relatively short period of time
1: because if they're no longer a match To that which you are focused on, then even if they are in your life, they no longer bother you, or they will step away and move around you, or they literally will no longer be in your life. Like they won't call you anymore. Right. Or if they work, or if they worked with you, they'll get a new job or get moved to a different business unit where you don't have to work with them anymore. But yeah, the universe is constantly rearranging things based on our vibrational broadcast. What do we match? What do we not match anymore?
0: And of course, as you pointed out, the cool thing is it's not just with relationships; it happens with everything in our lives. It happens mm-hmm. with any roadblock that we've been putting into our own way. The moment that we take all the uh, the the energy away from it, take all the the smarts out of it, the sting out of it, and just you know see it as just a plain boring thing, then it's. It gets moved out of the way. We don't even have to pick the darn thing up. It moves itself out of the way. No, it just because goes when away. You,
1: when you change your your belief or your perception or your judgment about something that, in this case, we'll say is your roadblock, every time you think about that thing, it was broadcasting a signal. But if you change what you perceive about that roadblock and it no longer seems to be a roadblock, it's kind of like a, a non-thing, you now have changed your vibration vibrational broadcast, and therefore, that roadblock is no longer a match to your energy. It might become a roadblock for someone else, or you could have dissipated it altogether, and it just, the building blocks of it have fallen apart, and it doesn't exist to you anymore.
0: Yep, very true. When when we were reading from the book, we had reached a point where we talked about how we are ever-changing, growth-seeking beings, and that's where you went into a, a really interesting thing that kind of led off this whole segment of conversation here about uh the legal system and wouldn't it be great if we had a a legislature that passed a law that said all laws expire after 10 years unless they're reenacted that kind of thing well Mm -hmm. i was just looking ahead to the last two paragraphs of the subsection you'll never guess what they're talking about (laughs) let me read it to you it's kind of interesting first of all they're they're talking about uh, this idea of We being ever-changing, growth-seeking beings. They say, if your house were on fire and the firefighters came with their truck, that marvelous equipment with the big long hoses and all the water surging through it, and sprayed their hoses into your house and extinguished the flame, you would say, indeed, that is most appropriate behavior. But if on a day when there was no fire, those same firefighters and those same hoses were to enter your house, spraying water around, you would say, indeed, that is not appropriate. (laughs) Actually, I'd probably say (laughs) something a little bit more 4 letter than that.
1: There'd be expletives all over the place. There would
0: definitely be, yeah. Like, what the bleep are you doing? And so it is with the laws that you are passing relative to one another. Most of your past laws and rules are not appropriate to that which you are now living. If you had not intended growth, you would not be here in this physical life experience. For you are here as an expanding, ever-changing, growth-seeking being, because you want to add unto that which you understand, and you want to add unto all that is. If that which was figured out long ago was the ultimate, then there would be no reason for your existence today.
1: And so let me say, whenever Abraham refers to all that is, that is the reference to what many people would call God right, or source energy. That is the accumulation of all inner beings to get in, in a togetherness of all connectedness, the grand creator of all if you will is what how abraham refers to all that is and so if you don't know that that little phrase can like slip right past you
0: oh i see what you mean Um, yeah yeah that's true you have to understand the context And, and that context comes about over time i found that there is no particular passage from abraham that explains the whole thing in a nice neat package so you have to kind of piece it like together as you a read glossary. everything. There's no glossary, right? <laughs> there's no the glossary. Of, there's no glossary of the uh, expletive terms that we didn't actually use in the podcast. Now,
1: <laughs> so it's kind of like all that is, and they put that the all that like the, the beginning of each is. word in caps. Yep. All that is is kind of like the, the God. Right. Is God, however, we want to name our highest entity, and then when they talk about who you really are, that refers to your inner being. That refers to the part of us that is no that is not physical but remains a non physical. So who you really are is your inner being.
0: And interestingly so, and enough, I, I've noticed in that Facebook group that you and I uh spend some time in that uh there was one time a post asking the question about you know, explain God, explain source, explain all of this stuff. And really fascinatingly, the vast majority of commenters all express exactly the thought you just put out there, even though the vast majority of them describe themselves as people who you know, listen to The Secret or follow other teachers or whatever. So it's not just an Abraham concept, is my point. I mean, clearly, I think Abraham explains it better than, than most do. But this is a, a rather broad, broadly understood point that, come, that people from a lot of different viewpoints come to. Uh, The idea that all these are, yeah, I thought that was fascinating, but it's, but I was amazed I would, if I had to estimate, I'd say 80 to 85% of the comments hit on exactly that point. Very cool. It is very cool. We're down to our last minute. So we got to, unfortunately, we got to stop it right there. Uh, If you have a quick comment, I can let you get in there, but uh, we got to be quick. No,
1: no, go ahead. Okay. Do your closing thoughts.
0: Well, the, the main closing thought I want to introduce is sometimes people need to talk to somebody, and you're a good person to talk to. So if they want to talk to you, how do they reach you?
1: They can go to wendydillard.com, and they'll find my phone number as well as my email address there.
0: I love the way you keep it simple. Well, we actually got through that section. We get to go on to the next section tomorrow. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Yay!
1: I know you love completion. To me, I see the whole thing as just one giant continuation. So I don't think of it in terms of stop start Oh, I don't think I don't know. think of
0: it as completion. I think of it as milestones. Ah, okay. Okay. We just well, passed cool. we just reached another milestone. This is
1: great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's do it again tomorrow.
1: All right, I'll be here.
0: And we hope that you'll join us as well here on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye bye now.